Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, whatever it is for you. You're listening to Tony Sakata and the Daily Roto Podcast, of course, brought to you by DailyRoto.com, the one-stop shop for daily fantasy sports information, whether you're playing daily fantasy baseball, soon, daily fantasy football, or NASCAR, daily fantasy golf, MMA, They've got you covered, so make sure you check it out at DailyRoto.com. Of course, you get premium services by Mike Leone, Drew Dinkmeyer, and my guy, Chris Pacheco, the numbers guy. Now, I'm hearing some of you guys get upset when Pacheco is a guy writing the articles instead of Drew and Mike, and I can understand why. Drew and Mike do such a great job, and they're big names in the industry, but Pacheco is a guy. That you've got to love. I have this guy on my show on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio every Saturday and Sunday morning from 7 to 10 a.m. Eastern. And the guy knocks it out of the park each and every week. He knocks college football out of the park, too. And it's amazing to me the work he does. And I truly appreciate this guy. I think he's one of the up-and-comers in the industry. And, in fact, Chris Pacheco, if I was going to, you know try to give you an analogy for him. Now, he uses the same model and the same tools that Mike Leone and Drew Dinkmeyer put together their daily analysis for over at Daily Aroto's premium content. So he's got the same tools. So I think that, and all the people out there listening on the Fantasy Sports Network uh, out there in Canada, uh, of course, we're all worldwide because the FantasySportsNetwork.com is on the Cablevision New York City area, West Virginia, all parts of Canada, Roku boxes, everywhere you can imagine. The only dedicated 24 hours a day, seven days a week to fantasy sports information. The only television channel that does that. So you got to take care of the Fantasy Sports Network. And for you people from Canada, you might not know the story, but I'm going to uh, try to explain it as well as I can. There was a guy named Paul Revere, who's an American patriot. He uh, basically rode through Charlestown in Lexington, Massachusetts, to tell people the British were coming, the British were coming. I think Chris Pacheco is the same kind of guy as Paul Revere. You know, he doesn't get the credit that like a Christopher Columbus got or George Washington received, but he's the guy that put... Chris Pacheco is like the guy that the saddle on the horse for Paul Revere. He's not quite Paul Revere. He's not George Washington. He's not Christopher Columbus. But Chris Pacheco is the guy that put the saddle on the horse. And you might not think that's a big thing, but if there wasn't a saddle on that horse put on properly, his butt would have got sore, and he would not have been able to keep up that ride, and his muscles would have got tight, he would have got cramps, and he wouldn't have been able to ride through Lexington and Charlestown to tell people the British were coming. 
we might have a different story. This might not be the same world that we live in today. So I want you to thank Paul Revere, and I want you to thank Chris Pacheco for the world we live in. Guys, i got a great show lined up for you. Of course, we got the daily fantasy sports information. we got baseball today. I'm going to break down the matchups, tell you who some of the big plays are in today. Monday, June 1st is action. So remember, it's June 1st. you got to be fired up when it comes to June 1st because even if you're in a little bit of a losing streak, a new month. You're going to start out, get hot, get on fire when it comes to June. So make sure we get ready for that. The first thing I want to talk about, though, on today's podcast is there are a lot of people out there that play daily fantasy sports and getting disenfranchised with it because they believe they have no chance of winning. And I read this on message boards all the time because of the multi-entry situation. And if you listen to us on SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Radio, it's been a hot topic for a week. And actually, people ask me why we're still talking about it. And the reason being is that you wouldn't believe the difference in phone calls we get about this one single event um, compared to anything else that's going on in the world of fantasy sports. It's been absolutely amazing uh, what people are chiming in, both via Twitter and on the phone. And... Also, for the non-daily fantasy player, the only time I get really aggravated when people say they don't like daily fantasy or they characterize uh, things and you can tell there's ill will and they've never played or they don't even know what they're talking about. Like, you can take a stance on everything. I mean, it's America. Uh, Freedom of speech, right? We're not going to prosecute, but why do we kill people for having an opinion that's different from ours? And I don't want to be that guy. But where I get aggravated is when people make statements concerning daily fantasy sports and haven't done enough research or haven't played the game or played the game a couple times and lost and haven't learned the nuances of it. And that drives me insane. And one of the things that's out there for people uh, to complain and bitch about is about the multi-entry tournaments. And seeing the multi-entries, and it cut to a fever pitch, of course, in the past week uh, because of Max Delury's incredible effort in the $1 million mega playoff pitch. Now, this is a guy that had 888 lineups in it. And I'll be honest, when I first heard about this, I chuckled, I laughed. I said, what the hell, 888 entries. So there are people out there that know this but haven't done any research to see how it was gone, how what went into it, or anything about it. And so they're saying basically if you buy the most entries, you win. What they don't know and what people, I think, missed out on is this is the greatest single day in the history of any player in daily fantasy sports. And we've got a guy, Drew Dinkmar, that's won a million dollars. Drew won, of course, a tournament over at DraftKings and during football season won a million dollars in one single event. This cash prize was only $100,000. Max DeLore only took in $221,000. I sound like one of my kids. Only $221,000. But it pales in comparison to $1 million. It's the point I'm making there. Yet, why is this the greatest day in the history of daily fantasy sports? This is a guy that put 888 lineups together. 
And the average person that doesn't do the research, doesn't do the work, think basically he went and he took every lineup and he came out with the best situation, had a spreadsheet, and covered his bases, like going to the track and boxing, you know, 12 horses and then saying he hit the trifecta. Well, a lot of times people lose doing that because it's 14 horses, you only do one variance, and then all of a sudden you're out of the wagon. But, you know, people will look at that down on that. And you're probably going to lose money even if you win. That being said, Max Delury had an incredible effort. When you say a guy had 888 entries, this is a guy that had 888 entries, but he went with Clayton Kershaw, 884 of his 888 lineups. 884 of his 888 lineups. And you're going to still sit there and you say, hey, I'm a non-believer. Everybody can play Clayton Kershaw. And then what did he use? Every other pitcher? Every other crazy possible pitcher? Well, that's not exactly what happened here. No, no, no. What he did is use Matt Shoemaker. Of course, Shoemaker of the Angels. This is a guy on the podcast that day that I told you that I think he could take a contrarian shot on because basically the home run to fly ball ratios were killing him, and those uh, could correct itself, and Matt Shoemaker could have a strong performance. Well, Kershaw put up 37.35 points, and Matt Shoemaker, he put on his roster on 859 entries. So out of 888 entries, he went with Matt Shoemaker and Clayton Kershaw in 859 entries. How is this a guy that's playing every lineup across the board? How is this a guy that's playing all these multiple entries and that's the only way to win? For the people saying that, they need to get their information because what this guy's doing should be celebrated and not frowned upon. And I think a lot of people that don't enjoy Daily Fantasy and want to see it not work out are using this instance but not having all the facts. The fact is, this is a guy that put in over $24,000 of lineups and used two pitches through 855 of those lineups. That is an incredible feat. That is an incredible day, and that needs to be celebrated. I'm going to come back from break, and I'm going to tell you about the hitters that he went with. Did he use every hitter in Major League Baseball? Did he use three or four different lineups? Where did he go? Let's get the information out there so when people hate on an event, they have all the attributes and all the facts. And if you guys want some plays for Daily Fantasy Baseball, you're going to get them in the show as well. It's Tony Sakata's The Daily Roto Podcast, and we'll be back after this.
Welcome back to the Daily Roto Podcast. Tony Sakata, Daily Roto, breaking down the epic performance by Max Delury. Uh, we just told you 855 entries uh, that were on this big winning night of $221,000 in cash prizes in uh, the 1 million mega playoff pitch by Max Delury. Who were some of the hitters? Well, it looks like Max Delury decided to stack the Toronto Blue Jays in many of his lineups. And these are the guys that he went with. He went with Josh Donaldson, who put up 48 points in this incredible uh, night on 28% of his lineups. 27.5% of his lineups had Jose Batista, who put up 25 points. The rest of the field only had him in 9.7 times. So he went contrarian, and he went hard on Jose Batista. Danny Valencia scored zero points. Max Delury went 23%. In on Valencia, he was owned by the rest of the field 20%. Jose Reyes put up 7 points. Steve Tolleson, 7 points. And Chris Caliballo, 5 points. Josh Tolley, 19 points. Uh, Tolley was in 7% of Max Delury's lineups, only 2% across America. In Kevin Pillar, he had 0, and he was in 5% of lineups. Then other guys that he had in his lineup... Prince Fielder with 26 points, Ryan Rayburn with 21, Denard Spann with 17, Joey Butler with 17. He had Prince Fielder in 12% of his lineups with those 26 points. The rest of the field had him only 4% of the time. He had Ryan Rayburn 64% of the time. There's the difference maker, right? There's a guy that notoriously hits lefties. He puts him in the lineup. He puts up 21. Everybody knows that everybody has that information. Max Delory took it and went with it. You know what the rest of the field did? 10% of their lineups. Denard Spann, another great matchup here against a pitcher that did not hit lefties. I mean, that did not pitch well versus lefties. Uh, Max Delury, 24% of the time, and 5% was the field. And Joey Butler is a two-minimum uh, salary flyer, so he was in there in play, and he got it done. Now, are you out there saying, man, 888 entries still, after learning all this, that the guy basically wrote a couple players, didn't have a whole abundance of lines. There's still a couple of you guys out there, because you live in your own world, that think, oh, I could do this. Well, out of the 888 lineups he put in, he cashed 51%. 51%. There were 21 people in the tournament that had over 100 lineups. Only one other person... Ashy Larry cashed over 50% of the lineups. This is truly an incredible feat. Truly incredible feat. And when you look at 888, that's an amazing number. Now, here's some other interesting statistics here. Only three of the 21 users turned to profit. Three out of 21. So everybody out there that tells me multi-entries are the way to go, it automatically guarantees you win. Do the research. These things happen every time. Every single time. Max Delury went out there, he put the money together, and he got it done. There were two users that lost more than $10,000 in the tournament. The average user with over 100 entries lost $1,200. 10 of the 21 didn't have a single lineup finish in the top 1,000. Get it? Have you seen it? Have you heard enough? Do I have to explain it to any more? 
that it's a game of skill where a guy goes in and does his homework, he banged out two pitchers, he banged out an offense, and he went to work 888 times. It's not a guy playing the whole field. You've got to understand it. You've got to listen to it, and you've got to get the facts, and you've got to pick the brains of people that are successful in this industry to get ahead. It's just like that in any aspect of life, of any field you want to take an endeavor. And I tell people this all the time, you got to, it is real money involved here. There are people going to go do everything they can to win. And if you're playing for fun, just realize that there are people out here playing to win there is actual money involved in this one. Now, for my single entry people, in the big epic event, of course, the one million mega playoff pitch, uh, I've got some good information for a single entry user. Can you say you have no chance with a single entry? Well, Jabberwock, who had a one single entry, finished seventh and cashed in $7,500 for his $27 entry. That's a nice price. That's a lot better than I've ever done in a lottery. I can tell you right there. He jumped on that and knocked that out of the ballpark. Uh, so Jabberwocky absolutely got it done with a seventh-place finish there and knocked it out. Now let's move over to the big action, of course, on Monday. And for all you people that want to comment, go to the Daily Roto forums and tell me what you think of Max Delury. I think it's the greatest single day ever by a single person in the history of daily fantasy sports. Of course, we'll have bigger days. We've had people that win more money. That is the greatest single day. If you know one, I'd like to read about it, and I'd like to share it to the people on the podcast. So hit us up on the forums at dailyroto.com. Big action, of course, on a Monday, June 1st, as we get ready for a full slate of action. The first game is the Toronto Blue Jays. And the Washington Nationals are a Dickey Jordan Zimmerman. We have an eight total Jordan Zimmerman, a 151 favorite. Now, this is the funniest thing. I'm not a batterverse pitcher guy. I'm uh, not a guy that uses that stats. I very rarely use it unless I see abundance of uh, plate appearances and go it. But here's the one caveat, and that's the whole thing. There are a million statistics in the world of daily fantasy baseball, and it's trying to figure out which ones work, which ones fit your model that you put together, how you go about attacking it. Knuckleballers, I don't think right and left splits matter. I don't think they matter at all. I have R.A. Dickey on the SiriusXM show uh, Tuesday between 9 to 11, and I'm going to ask him about this Tuesday morning, 9 to 11. I believe R.A. Dickey's going to be on at 9.30 on Tuesday morning. Uh, so if you subscribe to SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Radio, make sure you tune into that. Now that I'm and myself, we'll have R.A. Dickey. Wilson Ramos is 9 for 13 lifetime versus R.A. Dickey. He also has a home run. Ryan Zimmerman's 9-for-29 lifetime with a home run. So those are two guys you could look at with success against Dickey. Bryce Harper is 3-for-14 with six strikeouts. Take for what you want with those statistics there. I'm reporting them. I'll tell you what, it does lead me to confidence with Wilson Ramos. As I said, I have a tough time using splits against a knuckleballer, uh, so I would generally lean on this information. The Blue Jays are ninth in Major League Baseball in weighted on base average versus right-handed pitches. Chris Calabalo is actually leading the Jays versus right-handed pitching with a 390 Woba. Josh Donaldson was a guy that was a left-handed 
pitcher specialist. He would crush lefties. Well, this year against right-handed pitchers, uh, he's trotting out a 372 weighted on base average. Jordan Zimmerman doesn't miss any bats and could be exploited as K-rate has dropped back to the prior to the 2014 levels. Now in the low six, that one year he had a spike in 2014 where it went over eight, making the Jays quite a potent offense for the night. Vegas does have it at eight total here, uh, so you can look at this. Zimmerman, though, a huge favorite. Generally, I'll probably stay away from hitters in that contest. That's just the first of many games that will be happening on Monday night, and you'll listen to the Daily Roto Podcast. We'll take one more quick break, and we'll come back and finish off Monday's slate of June 1st and get you ready at date that involves Clayton Kershaw pitching in Colorado. Tony Sakata, Daily Roto. You can hear this podcast every Monday through Friday at DailyRoto.com, iTunes, Podbean, the Fantasy Sports Network. Anywhere where there's a podcast, this podcast should be, and you should embrace it, and you should love it. And, of course, make sure you go over to DailyRoto.com and check out all the great information. You know, about play Daily Fantasy Sports, stumbled on this podcast. We're here to help you out over at DailyRoto.com. Chicago Cubs versus Miami Marlins. Jason Hamill versus Jose Urena. Uh, Hamill, a 127 favorite in Miami, 7.5 total. Now, there's a ton of great pitching tonight, but if you want to save a few bucks and go to Contrarian, Contrarian, Jason Hamill could be your guy. He faces the Marlins, 27th in Major League Baseball, with weight on base average, facing right-handed pitching. They are striking out 21% of the time, so Hamill sets up nice in this big ballpark. Now, the Chicago Cubs face Jose Urena. Pitcher does not miss bats. He has a K rate that's an anemic low of six. It's even at the double A level, he had an anemic K rate. So you're going to receive a negative park shift factor with the Cubs hitters, but they definitely come into play on a night when it's loaded with great pitching. you got the Minnesota Twins in the Boston Red Sox going at it. Pelfrey, Clay Buckles, 8.5 total Buckles, a 170 favorite at Fenway Park. Now the Red Sox are 15th in Major League Baseball facing right-handed pitching. They only strike out 16% of the time, as which one of the top stingiest totals in the league. Now Pelfrey, of course, is a less-than-average Major League Baseball player, but it's not much of a split pitcher. He touts a 341 and 333 Woba facing right-handers and left-handers respectively. Uh, Buckles is on a roll facing a team that struggles with right-handed pitching. But I'll stay away from this game. We have a night full of elite pitching. I'm not going to use either pitcher in this one. I think you could use some of the Red Sox bats early in the order against Pelfrey. But I'm not going all in on this one. So basically what I'm looking for is guys in the fifth 
up in the top five spots that are a little bit discounted. Now, Hanley Ramirez is dropping around, big salary around the daily fantasy industry, uh, but David Ortiz or Fandle's numbers are really low. He'd be a guy I would consider. Uh, a guy like Dustin Pedroia, number was really low over a site like FanDuel yesterday. Uh, you could jump on. And Alexander Bogart's the minimum price. He's a guy that I also would look look to jump on here. And Clay Buckholz against this Twins lineup. I think he has a solid attribute, but just so many good pitchers tonight. I find it hard for me putting Buckholz in this lineup. In two-pitcher formats, he becomes viable. Now, the Milwaukee Brewers-St. Louis Cardinals, the Brewers were just involved in the 17-inning outing. Their starter today, Matt Garza, who will not start because he pitched five innings last night, so you'll have to wait and see how this one plays out from starting pitching. They did have a seven and a half total set with Garza versus Jaime Garcia. The Brew Crew, a 28th in Major League Baseball in weighted on base average facing left handed pitches. They strike out 24% of the time. That being said, I like the Brewers' bats against the Cardinals Southpaw, Jaime Garcia. Garcia has some crazy stats for some very small sample sizes. And filled with injuries in 2013 and 14, he he has weighted on base averages of over 400 and 500 facing left-handed hitters. That's right. I think the Brewers' top four bats. If you look at the game that uh, they put together today and what they've been doing lately, they've put together some great offensive numbers, but the season totals haven't moved up generally because they were so poor in the month of April. And Ryan Braun didn't look like himself. Carlos Gomez was out for that time. Uh, they are healthy in their back. And I think you can look at this, and it's crazy, because I wouldn't use Adam Lynn, but based on the numbers here, you could have that shot to go with Adam Lynn. I'll be interested to see if he's in the Brewers lineup tomorrow night, if the uh, Brew Crew management uh, takes a look at this numbers of Jaime Garcia over the last two years and puts any credibility. Like I said, very small sample sizes there. The Baltimore Orioles, Houston Astros go out at Ubaldo Jimenez and Brett Oberholzer, 8.5 total. Uh, Oberholzer, a one twelve favorite in this one. The Orioles are 23rd in Major League Baseball in left-handed pitching. And they strike out 20% of the time. Yikes. But Adam Jones and Steve Pierce are strong plays in this matchup versus the Astros. Ubaldo Jimenez becomes the ultimate contrarian play on this big night of star-studded stud pitchers. He faces the Astros that lead Major League Baseball's in strikeout percentage. And right-handed pitchers, 24%. That's right. On a night when you have Clayton Kershaw, Felix Hernandez, Garrett Cole, I've got to ask you, do you have the stones to go, you baldo Jimenez? You say, Clayton Kershaw, Felix Hernandez, Garrett Cole, you're in a one-pitcher site like FanDuel. You throw them aside. You say, give me your baldo, give me your masses, give me your tired, give me your poor. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I gotta admit it, I do not. Los Angeles Dodgers, Colorado Rockies, Clayton Kershaw, Kyle Kendrick, Clay Shaw, a two ten favorite, a nine total in this game. Uh can you go with Kershaw in Colorado? Here we go. You ready? Kershaw has allowed more home runs at Coors Field in his career than any other park except Dodgers Stadium. In sixteen starts, he's seven and three. He pitched last time in Colorado seven scoreless innings. Kershaw is in play in Colorado. 
Kyle Kendrick, you want to load up in Coors Field? His last four starts, he's held opponents to a 198 batting average. That being said, I get my Dodgers out, and I go to war with my Dodgers bats. I get my Jock Peterson in my lineup, my Howie Kendricks, my Adrian Gonzalez's, and I go to war against Kyle Kendrick. You know, it's so crazy when people talk about stats, and they use the last couple stats. Like, you go batted balls in play when a guy has 400 batted balls in play. Oh, it's got to regress. Well, when Kyle Kendrick has 198 batting average against him in the last four games, you say, oh, Kyle Kendrick, he's hot. Come on. He's Kyle Kendrick. Atlanta Braves, Arizona Diamondbacks, Alex Wood, Archie Bradley. I finally saw Alex Wood look a little healthy. Now, this ballpark in Arizona escalates the prices of these Braves hitters uh, into something here. A Freeman is a guy you would absolutely love to have in this game against Archie Bradley. And I think when you look at some of those top hitters, Jace Peterson, Cameron Maven, if they're cheap options, you play those guys in this lineup. Uh, so they'll come into play here with an eight total there. Tampa Bay Rays, Los Angeles Angels, Garrett Richards versus Kalamai. Seven total hit. Richards was a little all over the place control-wise in his last time, but not a lot of bats in Tampa. He becomes another contrarian method here. Um, if you're not going to go Jason Hamill and you're not going to go Ibaldo Jimenez, Garrett Richards is a contrarian guy that you could go and you could absolutely uh, take a shot on. Jacob deGrom, Andrew Kashner, the Mets, Padres, Six and a half total here. Uh, the Padres' bats have been hot and cold. DeGrom has better numbers at Mets Stadium. We pitch it in Petco Park. He's a strong play. Cashner was elite last time out, and he's a guy that uh, you could go. Both these pitchers here, stay away from the bats from both teams in that game. The Yankees and Mariners going at Michael Pineda. Felix Hernandez, a six total. The King Felix, a 155 favorite. I can always go with the King against the New York Yankees in this one. And the Seattle Mariners, uh, not a great batting order. It'd be interesting to see in two-pitcher environments, especially if you play 10 o'clock games only. I think you can use both pitchers in this game. Garrett Cole finishes the night off against Ryan Vogelsong. The Pirates' bats get... A actual a negative park shift, which doesn't happen because Pittsburgh is usually a pitcher-friendly ballpark. But in this one, going to San Francisco, uh, the number one ballpark for the least amount of home runs, number one ballpark for the least amount of runs, uh, both pitches in this game are playable in this one. But, of course, Garrett Cole is elite. My top pitchers on the day would be Felix Hernandez, number one. I would use Clayton Kershaw, a number two, and Garrett Cole, number three. That's how you have it. That's the Daily Roto Podcast. This is Tony Cicada. Make sure you check us out Monday through Friday right here at dailyroto.com. 